pain is some serious business. It ain't everyone who knows what to do about it. Now I hear there's a podcast just about this. It doesn't talk of pain alone, but other interesting things distracting the mind from it. So I suggest you tune in to Outsmart the Pain and listen to what Karsten has to say about it. Get ahead. Get it done. Listen to the podcast and maybe change your life or someone else's. Alcohol and pain. Why on earth an episode about this? Well, in many lives, alcohol has an integral part of it. And we know that a fifth of the population has persistent pain. So, why not combine the two in one episode? I will end this episode with a short conclusive list with some advice, so make sure to listen to the whole episode, or fast forward to the end. Let's start with an authentic patient meeting. No, not at a cafe, but hey, getting a background sound for a doctor's office would be just silence. The patient sat across me and asked me, but doctor, are you absolutely sure? Can I really combine my medication with alcohol? Again, I said, yes, it's up to your common sense. But, she continued, the last doctor said I could absolutely not combine a glass of wine with my painkillers. Well, you can, I said. She said, thank you so much. For the last four years, water and cheese really have been boring. Personally, I see alcohol as a preservative, really wondering why pour something like that into your body if you do not need to. That does not mean that smoke starts coming out of my ears if I taste something, or that I have a religious belief that a red creature with horns and tail will drag me home to its living room the rest of its life the second I taste it either. So it's not a religious thing or anything. If anyone would ask me to have a sip of wine because you really, really need to try this because the combination of flowers, chocolate and diesel really has not been shown before, I would probably say yes to be polite and a bit curious. In fact, once on a vacation to Greece, the waiter wanted to treat our party of four with free oozes, which is a kind of Greek drink, because of the large dinner we have had. No one actually wanted alcohol, so just not to be rude, I had all four. Well, hello there, cough syrup. Also, the taste of a beer together with some dishes really tastes well, but then I drink the alcohol-free variety. But being a doctor, I do not think that my personal view or beliefs should color the way I talk about alcohol to my patients. If I really liked alcohol, I wouldn't say you should continue drinking just because I like it. I need to look at it in a strict medical way and give advice according to this. Like the lady with the water and cheese I started out with. Even though we doctors know that getting in shape, meaning stop smoking, losing weight if you're overweight, is good for your health, I could not say that either one of these factors could help your persistent pain. Most certainly, losing weight could help your pain. There is some scientific proof that smoking and back pain is related, 
but not absolutely certain. I'm almost certain that we can say that pain will not get better by gaining weight and smoking, except the immediate reaction after inhaling your cigarette, so why not do something about it to see if it gets better instead? There are some patients who suffer a bleeding in their stomach or have a disease where they really can't use alcohol and therefore they quit. But most people just don't stop, even if the doctor tells them so. So instead of saying you should quit drinking, I usually try to use the effect of alcohol on pain, trying to plan the pain treatment. If you listen to this whole episode, you might even get some advice you could use yourself. But first, let me tell you a horrifying story. Like all my patient stories, they are true and based on people I have met myself. I changed some facts so no one should be able to recognize them, although they are also always anonymous. The facts changed do not change the medical situation. If I say someone is 72 years old and works as a bus driver, but it actually is a 22-year-old working in a clothes store, then that change does not interfere with the pain message, I tell you. And I would never suggest a woman was someone with prostate cancer. All changes are quite modest. But back to a true case now, which I said was truly horrific. This is a woman who has had a pain problem for many years after an accident. To make a long story short, many different treatments were tried, but she ended up with a dose of an opioid. Believe it or not, there is still a place for opioids if you do a very good pain evaluation. Not very common in her condition, but it worked very well with a higher degree of functioning and she did not increase her dose. She got corona and was admitted to a hospital. During the illness, much of the focus was understandably on other things than pain, and actually she did not complain of her pain at all. At some time she was close to dying in her infection, but even when getting better in corona, her pain really was not that bad at all. So, one of the doctors decided she should quit her pain medication. Although I might rise a few hairs in my neck because of this approach, I do respect that there are colleagues who do very wise considerations. In this case, it would probably have been wise to tell the pain doctor in charge about the changes. The patient went home, and soon thereafter the original pain came back, and even worse. This time there was no medication at home, the pain doctor was on summer vacation, and no one else dared to start the medication, which obviously had been stopped before at a hospital. The only thing the woman could think of was alcohol. That should be a good pain relief, right? She normally did not drink more than maybe a glass of wine at celebration dinners and such. She started to drink. A lot. It did help a little for her pain, but there were some serious side effects, one of which was a bleeding from her stomach. She had to be admitted to a hospital because of the bleeding, and since excessive alcohol use was the cause of it, or at least that was the theory, she was also admitted to the psychiatric ward, custodial care. She tried to explain that she never drank alcohol like that before, and that she only did it to relieve the pain. The doctor said, 
I have heard a lot of bad excuses, but that one is sure original. When she finally got her sister to appeal the court order that she needed to stay at the ward, and they reversed the decision, she went home. The last thing the doctor told her was, Are you going home to your bottle now? She told her pain doctor later on when they connected, You know what the worst thing was? Not even once did they ask me about my pain or offered me a treatment during the hospital stay, and they surely did not believe me. Now, she does not drink any alcohol and is back on her old medication with pain relief and a better function and quality of life. But the confidence in healthcare has been somewhat adjusted. So, the person I told you about tried to use alcohol as a painkiller which makes us move toward that area, pain. Which is why I have this pod, if you didn't notice. And if you didn't notice, that would actually be a good thing, because I want every episode to be fun or at least interesting to listen to, regardless of any pain. But then, I guess the name should not be Outsmart the Pain, but something completely different, like Crazy Karsten's Rambling to No One. Oh, by the way, if you like this pod, please make sure to tell other people to listen to it. I would like to tell you to comment on it, but I have no idea where you do that. Okay, so back to pain. Alcohol can be a pain relief. And this is actually the way I use my patient stories about alcohol and pain, to listen to which effect it has on it. There are some patients who get more pain by drinking alcohol, and they can really link it to the intake. I take a beer and in an hour my leg really starts to hurt so bad. Although I could have some theoretical views on how that is possible, that would be me guessing. So why some people actually get more distinctive pain of alcohol, I don't know. What we do know, however, is that alcohol can destroy nerves. You might know there is a thing called polyneuropathy, where you really can't feel your feet properly. It feels like you are walking on pillows or something like that. Just like people with diabetes can get this, people drinking alcohol can get it too. Some people with polyneuropathy also get pain in that area. Not all, but some. And that is not comfortable at all. Could feel like you are walking on glass, or having a constant fire in your legs. I have had patients getting up in the middle of the night and getting to the fireplace, standing on the stone floor in front of it because it cooled their feet somewhat from that fireish feeling. So for people who already have a polyneuropathy with or without pain or being at risk developing one, I recommend them to stop using alcohol. Some don't want to quit completely, but ask if they can just use less and if that's enough. Well, I have not seen any diagrams with grams or ounces of alcohol and the risk of developing pain, so I could not really give a good answer on that one. But I know smokers who tapered down and then they got a stroke or heart attack and then it sure was possible to stop at once. So why not do it before it is too late? 
and of course that is the truth with modification it is never too late to stop but don't wait just because it's never too late but let's say someone is actually getting relief from the pain with alcohol I want to start by saying that the pain itself of course has to be investigated by your doctor so you know if it is a nociceptive or huh? tissue pain, a neuropathic pain huh? or just a persistent pain. Huh? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I would suggest you listen to my first episode about pain. But if you are investigated enough and get pain relief by alcohol, then I ask what kind of relief it is. Is it getting away from the pain, something to look forward to, a drink in front of the fireplace, together with a cigar and some slow jazz music in the background? Okay, I never heard about that, but I kind of took an internal movie scene I just saw in my head. If it is a kind of escape, then you need to find a better escape regarding the pain. And then I can explain that there will most certainly not be a medication out there which makes you escape if it's not a bad drug. In these cases, you most probably need to take a look at your behavior. Sometimes within a pain clinic, sometimes maybe a psychologist can help, but most certainly no drug will, and alcohol is not the best option. Do you feel that your muscles relax and therefore giving you less pain? Then think if you have tense muscles because of stress, and is the alcohol just relieving the stress and therefore making your muscles ache less? Again, not many good medications out there relieving you from stress. You have to take a larger grip of your life and see what you can do. Not easy, but again, alcohol is not the answer. If you really get muscle relief not associated with stress or something else you need to work on, then this could be a good clue on what to do. You could perhaps try TENS, transcutaneous electrical pain stimulation, or a muscle relaxant. When you get effect by these kinds of treatments, make sure that you do something good with that time, and not only dwell in the fantastic world of less pain. Start exercising, or at least get more active. Meet those friends you never seem to have enough energy to talk to otherwise. Don't overdo it, which is very easy to do when you feel slightly better. Rather do something small, but every day a so-called microhabit. One push-up a day is actually almost 400 a year, which you didn't do before. Now that's a great start. So my suggestion is that you do not hide your alcohol consumption for your health professional, but use it as a tool to discuss how to reach the same type of effect you're after, but without alcohol. In conclusion, I will list some points I would like to make. One. Do not look upon alcohol as something healthy. I'm sorry, but hear me out. Before, there were tons of news clips where we were told that red wine was good for your health. Now, when research says that there are no health benefits at all, you do not read that in the news, do you? You could probably find some studies who hint at a positive effect, and maybe you should check if the researchers enjoys wine themselves, or who supports the study. No, seriously speaking, the risks are way bigger than any eventual health benefits. So do not drink wine thinking it's good for my health, but 
That does not mean that you cannot drink wine. That is a completely different thing. We make calculated risks all the time. We are driving cars, doing bungee jumps, walking outside when it's dark, and we do things where the positive outweighs the negative. So do what you want with your wine, but do not fool yourself by thinking you're doing your biological body a favor. Take a look on your alcohol habits and see if it affects anyone else negatively. If it does, you do have a problem and you need to deal with it. No one else will. You are the boss. For the sake of your family, your workplace, your relatives, your pet or the most important person, yourself, you need to do something. Now, I am not an expert in this field or even knowledgeable, but we all know there are other ones out there knowing what to do. Make contact. And if you are seeing that someone is going in the wrong direction, speak up. It's difficult, but it's maybe that starting point someone needs. Or better yet, ask them to listen to this episode, just saying it was really interesting, you should listen to it. Three. If you get pain relief, use this information and talk with your doctor about it. Maybe then you can find a better way to get pain relief. I look upon this as a medical evaluation of pain relief and put no morals into it. So should you, regardless if you are the person with the pain or someone wanting to treat it. Well, I guess that was it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Next episode will not deal with pain explicitly, but there are still thoughts there who could help someone with pain. And if you're not there with pain, you will maybe enjoy the show even more this time. As always, it's been a pleasure to do this for you. I hope I will be able to talk to you in space in the future. Take care.